0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Live and Learn with Daniel Floyd. For those of you that don't know me, I'm your host, Daniel. I'm a teacher and a family man, learning to be better every day through authentic conversations. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us. happy to introduce a new guest to the podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking with Deanne Kelly, and we're going to be discussing her journey of educating four children alongside her husband, David. Now, as Christians, Deanne and David take the education of their children very seriously. And it's interesting to note that when their kids were young, the Kellys strongly believed in homeschooling only and completely opposed public schooling for any reason but now they have a more nuanced perspective, even to the point that three of their children either have attended or are currently attending public school now. As you might imagine, this transition to allowing public school as an option for their children was not completely straightforward. And I think Deanne does a great job of sharing how she and her husband prayerfully and thoughtfully considered how they could meet both the educational and developmental needs of their kids while still raising them according to Christian values. I want to give a big thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the show. We greatly appreciate your support. If you enjoy this podcast, consider subscribing yourself, and consider sharing this episode with a friend who might also enjoy listening. Okay, that's enough from me, let's get into the episode. Well, hello. Hi, Deanne. It's great to have you on the podcast. We've been trying to have you on for I feel like we've been planning this for like over a month. Yeah, I can't remember. we got I got coffee with you and your husband, who is not able to be here today, unfortunately, but maybe in a future episode we can get him on. Um, but I wanted to talk to you about homeschooling. Um I met you. It's kind of funny. I met you through through your daughter, who I have in class. <laughs> Um, and I realized, like, oh, you were homeschooled before yeah. you were in public school? Like, I want to talk to your parents and hear all about that. And so I'm super excited that you're here and able to share your perspective and just your passion even for yeah. homeschooling. So, Thanks for having me. Yeah, totally. Um, I think an easy place to start out would be just to kind of introduce yourself Okay. Um, and kind of tell me a little bit about... Um, I guess, why you, were, why you and your husband were interested in homeschooling and kind of give me an idea of, like, how many kids you have, how long were they homeschooled, and just kind of, like, a short version of, like, the history of okay. what that looks like for you, for you and your husband and your family.
1: Okay, so, like, 22 years summed up. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, my husband was homeschooled, but I was not, and I don't know that we ever even questioned homeschool versus public school it was just understood that we were going to homeschool but it it especially hit when my daughter my youngest so we have four children four biological children and my niece we got guardianship of her when she was 13 um when my two youngest were my two oldest sorry were toddlers we got custody of her but um so we when she when my youngest turned even 3 or 4 mm-hmm. just the thought of sending her to public school at the age of five. I just thought there's no way. Hmm. Because even just the the teacher, even though there's some incredible people out there teaching. Hmm. And my father in law, my father in law was a public school teacher, even though he homeschooled his son. But (laughs) I yeah. That really it like reminds like,
0: oh. me of people talking about. I don't know if this is true, but like people in Apple executives at Apple, where it's like they invented the iPad, but don't let their kids touch it. Oh <laughs> like wow! Teaching at public school, but don't let your kids go to public school. Yeah, so, I don't know. I may I may end up in that boat in the future. But sorry, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So uh, when yeah, the thought of sending her to this where you've got. I don't know, like for me, I feel like 20-plus kids in a classroom with one to two adults, mm-hmm. then you're going to be influenced, I feel like, more by the other kids than by the adults. And for me, it was not so much the goal education-wise, but building character hmm. in children. Right. And they are so pliable at that age that they still need to be, I feel like, at home. For us, this was our <laughs> conviction. Sure. My thoughts. Yeah. Um they still need to be, I mean, for me, like at home with me, learning even just life skills and how to treat other kids Yeah. and how to treat other people, Yeah. how to treat adults. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought about this kind of a side note. I was raised, I was talking to my kids about this the other day. I was raised out in the country. Mm. I didn't have a whole lot of social life except going to church on Sunday and Wednesdays. Um, but I public schooled through my whole life. Okay. And I am a very, very social creature. I yeah. like thrive on being around other people. And, um, but all I knew basically was kids my age. Okay. And I did not know how to relate to adults. And so I had worked for my dad I'm like really chasing a rabbit here, but no, go for it. Okay. <laughs> there's no, there's no parameters. Okay. We're just having All a conversation. Right yeah. Okay. So I had worked for my dad, like between my junior and senior year of high school. I okay. hadn't worked any other time. Cause we were out in the boondocks. I didn't know kids did that actually <laughs> <laughs> when they got their driver's license. I did sports and stuff like that though. But, uh, people would call, you know, to order, he worked for a trailer manufacturer and he owned that. And they would call, and I was supposed to ask questions and stuff, so my dad would say, did you ask this question? I'm like, no. I mean, my goal is to get off the phone as soon as possible. Right. Because I just could not relate to adults. And it wasn't until I graduated high school and started working at a dental office for a friend that it's like, oh, adults are people too. Yeah. <laughs> and I learned to relate to them and learned that how much I did love working with people yeah. and of all ages, and that has stuck with me since. But... Um, so just because I, I know some people feel like, well, they need to go to school for social aspect or whatever. Right.
0: This is like one of the classic rebuttals, if you can call it a rebuttal. Yeah. I think people who are actually in the homeschooling world don't necessarily take that criticism too seriously. Um, but to maybe someone who hasn't heard a response to that, yeah. you know, homeschooling, you're just going to keep them in the house and they're never going to learn how to talk to anyone besides their siblings. Mm-hmm. Surely that's the farthest thing from the truth.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, cuz I mean, so I'm the example of going to public school but not relating to adults much, mm. you know, until later. I just knew them as authority figures and I just keep quiet and I submit or whatever kind of a thing. Yeah. Um but with my kids, I can tell you they at least my kids anyway, they are the most social creatures, especially her.
0: My youngest daughter. We've got one kid doing homework over here on the side, (laughs) for anyone listening. (laughs) We've got an audience today.
1: (laughs) Um, She is the most social creature. But even my oldest, um, when they were younger, we didn't get a whole lot, get out a whole lot, because I had, by the end, I had four kids, you know, at home, little kids. Yeah. Um, And... I just, the thought of getting out, especially like if it was winter or something here where it snows.
0: Yeah, Missouri is, uh, (laughs) yeah, when it snows, sometimes it's hard to get out of the house. Yeah, and it's
1: a lot to bundle them up and stuff. But anyway, so we didn't get out a whole lot, but they were not lacking in the social whatsoever. And yeah, I mean, I could go on and on about that, but.
0: Yeah, Yeah, well, just maybe just a brief kind of summary. What do do social opportunities look like for homeschool kids? Like, what do you guys do?
1: Yeah, well, I say these days it has like, Boomed like when my husband was homeschooled here in this community. Okay. There we found a letter the other day that was sent out to like twelve homeschool families, hmm. and that's all that there was in this community. Hmm. Now there are several community like homeschool community co-ops cool. within this region. Yeah. And there's drama that kids can do. There's Spanish classes that can be arranged. There's uh, different co-ops, like I said on that, where we can meet once a week. There's ukulele clubs that my daughter taught one of those i mean there's just there's so much stuff right uh, the the hard thing is when you're in a rural community like northeast missouri yeah um there isn't a whole lot like a lot of the kids want to do sports i know i i love sports yes and that's harder because you do have to travel further but there is that opportunity hmm. Um, if you lived in a larger area like Kansas city or Springfield, it's huge with the homeschool population and it's not hard at all to get involved in that. Yeah. So it does depend on what your kids enjoy and what's offered, but there's always in any community, there's always something
0: Yeah. nearby. Yeah. And that sounds really similar to Jason and Alejandra, who I mm-hmm. talked with on a previous episode. They're in California, but it's the similar thing of like, if you're homeschooling, there's a decent chance you're not the only family homeschooling. Oh yeah in your community. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's, there's other like-minded parents, like-minded families that you can interact with and do educational experiences or drama like you were talking about, or putting together a athletic team if possible. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's, there's really no reason to think that, um, homeschool equals, no social skills. No,
1: not at all. (laughs)
0: And and then even the antithesis of that is obviously, I mean, I'm a public school teacher and I can Mm -hmm. tell you just because you're in the public school does not automatically mean that you have good social skills. I mean, you're exposed to more people. Sure. Mm -hmm. Numerically, like there's just more kids walking around, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that you're learning how to build relationships or be a good friend or, you know, all those types of things. Right. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, One thing I have found, um, even so with our kids, we do, I mean, towards the end, I mean, they were always involved in something as they got older, Mm -hmm. but we did learn about co-op, which we'll get into that later. But we did learn in that because we homeschooled, they were home more, obviously. Mm -hmm. There's several things on that, but when they were able to build more skills on their talents. But another one is we can see how they interact with peers. Like you said, you can be in the midst of all these kids, but not know how to relate or deal with kids or even to know how to show kindness. Hmm. And we can observe them because we're usually involved in where they're at and what yeah. they're doing. And not that we're trying to be a helicopter parent, but you're just there naturally. Yeah. Or they'll talk to you, Generally more. I mean, I have some kids who just don't. You say, how's your day? Good. That was it. And other kids who you can't get to stop talking. (laughs) But, you know, you kind of have a feel or a pulse how things are going. And in that, you can train them. Hmm. So if you see that they're starting to be a little clicky with their friends, you can work with them on just showing kindness and treating others the way you want them to treat you. And think of yourself as in that position, you know, that poor kid by themselves or whatever, you know, just we don't exclude people Hmm. and just teaching them kindness through that. And you have more of an opportunity when you're there and around through all the ages
0: with the kids. That's I actually really like that you said that because I'm just kind of looking at this again, as a public school teacher, mm-hmm. and I'm fortunate to have some small classes. I have a class of 15 and so, one that's even smaller than that. But for the most part, most of my classes are about 25 kids. Yeah, well. And so do, do I hear a lot of what's going on and do I have a sense of the tone and who doesn't get along and who does? Like, yes, as the teacher, I'm in the room and I get mm-hmm. that. And can I address those things? kind of yes to a degree Mm -hmm. but like you were kind of saying earlier the ratio of one adult to 25 kids like it's just not possible for me to see everything that's going on and address it and again not that i'm trying to be a helicopter teacher but to be able to have conversations with kids of like hey let's let's have a conversation about what just happened over here or hey how are you getting along with so and so and just almost from like a mentoring perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then let alone their parents, their parents are not even there. Right. And so it, you know, when something gets really out of hand, then I can send an email home and, you know, get parents involved. And honestly, I don't think I've had a single parent, turn on me with that. So we've got a good, pretty good community that yeah. even in the public school setting, yeah. when I email parents in this community there, they're like, okay, thank you for communicating. Mm-hmm. We'll have a discussion with our child and, and it and it goes great. But those are pretty rare and it has to be a pretty severe right. kind of situation before I'm gonna send an email home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like how you were saying that in the homeschool setting, you're you're just around more or your kids are around you. And so those, conversations regarding social skills, kindness, um, all of that. Um, I guess it seems to be more natural and ongoing Mm -hmm. instead of these very disconnected, um, conversations that happen less frequently. Um, yeah. And I guess it just sounds like you would also be more aware and more plugged into, what your kids are experiencing yeah, along the way.
1: Yeah. And I think one, one big thing for me, especially with kids is, you know, as soon as they're born, well, as soon as they can start (laughs) thinking more clearly of self self awareness is realizing they're not the center of the world.
0: (laughs) Mm, Oh yes. (laughs) And
1: I feel like even in that you have more of an opportunity when they're, I mean, when they're younger, you Mm -hmm. know, especially and as they go that, They're not the center of the world. Not that you can't teach kids that in the school. Sure. But, I mean, there is a lot of UBU, which I tell my kids that sometimes, kind of joking. But there are times where, yeah, that is good. But just the thing of, you know, I don't know. There's so much that they're fed these days that it's like that's really not helping kids Hmm. when it is all about you and it's all about,
0: yes, you know, self-centered. and Yes, and I think – we just have this very pervasive ideology that, you know, this postmodern idea of truth is relative and my truth is not your truth and your truth is not my truth. And so we're, who are you to judge who I am? And so that idea, if taken too far, um, leads to a lack of ability to challenge and help have conversations with people like, Hey, actually, that's not part of your personality. That's maybe a character defect yes. or something we need to actually kind of work on. Yes, and I and because we're appealing to uh, a, a standard of truth, especially as Christians, mm-hmm. um, we can now have that conversation. Right. Whereas in the public school, the default, I'll just say, religion mm-hmm. is kind of this postmodern humanism, and mm-hmm. you know, unless you're like punching a kid in the face, um, there's very little that is socially acceptable for a teacher to step in and, you know, and so, you know, if kids are cussing in class or, Mm -hmm. you know, fight arguing and stuff like I obviously step in, it's like, okay, that's not okay. Um, but the bar is in a very different place. Right. Um, especially I think for Christians who, who have a different um, set of standards, um, and a different ethical (laughs) approach to life. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I think that's one of the big, um, contrasts between Christian homeschooling or just Christian living mm-hmm. versus what we have as kind of the default public right um, state of affairs.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I think what you said when you said truth, it's like, I think that's the foundation of it all. Yeah. Whenever, and I that goes back to the, even thinking about, you know, with my daughter turned five, the thought of sending her, just the thing of the way the world is, the way Everything. I mean, like, I'm in college right now too, and just reading a book, and it's like, this is supposed to be neutral, but it is so not neutral. Yeah, it's so bent towards, you know, certain thinking, and it's like, like in reading that book, it's like, this is just understood that this is okay mm. when it's not. Yeah. According to scripture. Can I ask what you're going to school for? I'm going to school for dental hygiene. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. So this. Is my Which it's
0: funny you think you think that's like what? How could. <laughs> How could that? That sounds like the most neutral thing. Like you're just, it's just cleaning teeth, right? But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, it was a communications class. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah.
1: So it's like whenever, you know, it's a lot about like homosexuality and stuff like that. And it's just understood. And there were other things. I just felt like there was a lot of propaganda in there. Hmm. And the way it was presented as if this is just normal, it's a matter of fact, this is the way it is. Yeah. Which, in a sense, in the world, it is normal, but the way they were presenting it, Anyway, but yeah. I just thought that is what, in a sense, some of the education is. So that was just yeah. one class of many. But still, when you have that one class and you have kids going to that from five, six, seven, all the way up, mm-hmm. then they're just thinking, oh, that's just the way it is, right? And like somebody said, um, a fish doesn't know it's surrounded by water, you know, like till you take it out yeah, exactly. <laughs> or something like that. It's right. like mm-hmm. you know, when you're you don't when you're in it all the time, you just assume that's normal, exactly. And so for my very young child growing up in that they just think that's normal then they're like well what is truth Mm. you know how do you is there black and white and when they can be in the home and you know obviously part of the curriculum well ever since they were born my heart's desire my goal is just to pour scripture into them Mm. through memorization and teaching um, just so that they know the foundation of truth, because that's everything. Right. I mean, that's going to be their life. Absolutely. And just when you have the truth, then you can discern between untruth. Mm-hmm. And so at five, I we didn't feel like they were ready yet, obviously. Yeah. They don't have that truth foundation in them, whether they uh, even at that point profess to be believers or not, which they didn't until they were older. um they still need to know the truth as if this is the matter of fact, because it is, this is truth. So now, and we'll get to here, but where they're at now, I feel like, okay, now they're established in truth enough Mm -hmm. that at some point they will need to be let out into the world because they're going to have jobs and they're, they're going to be in the world, just not of the world. (laughs) Sure. Um, Of course. Yeah. But to have that truth, they're established and grounded and not to say kids, if they're raised in that and taught that from infancy, choose to continue in that, but it is my, I mean, it's God's commandment to me. It's Mm. my, I don't know if a duty, but calling to do everything I can to feed them with truth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It just reminds me of that tension of where the way that you're raised in the home is extremely, extremely, extremely influential and important. And that's not to say that um, if I just raise my kids in a Christian home, that will make them Christians. Absolutely. Because that's not biblical right. like, to say that like right. we can just make, we can just like, you know, mm-hmm. families are just like little Christian factories. That's not true either. Right. But you raise up a child in the way they should go so that when they are older, they do not depart from it. Mm-hmm. There's still something to be said that as a general rule, um, the the worldview that kids are brought up in um, is is... It matters. Oh, yeah. It matters how they're brought up, especially what you were saying from, you know, age five or age zero to mm-hmm. 15, 16, 17, when they're starting to cognitively, psychologically become adults and starting right. to think on their own around right. that age. Um, prior to that, um, the parents have a huge responsibility yeah. for the culture in their home and uh, the conversations that are happening and what the kids are and are not exposed to or when they are exposed to right. what and, and all of that. Um, which, yeah, it connects to another thing I really like is like the, the purpose of this, this is not like a fear based yeah. um, approach of, of homeschooling is not this, this idea of like the world is scary mm-hmm. and our home is safe. Mm-hmm. And so we're just going to keep our kids protected from the world. It's like, no, we're, I'm just raising my kids with the understanding that they are going to be launched and sent out or, you know, leave the home and stand on their own two feet and not be um, washed away by like, whoa, I've never heard of all these other, you know, but they're going to be on a a firm foundation. right? Um, Yeah. And so um, I think it's one thing that I think about randomly a lot is how I think Christians can get into this mindset of, the world is bad and the church or, you know, this Christian family is safe. Um, and so if we can just keep those separated, you know, then the kids will be okay. Whereas the reality is sure the world is bad and, and the Bible talks about that, but there's darkness in our own hearts too. Yes. And so the way I, the way I see Christian upbringing or Christian education is not to avoid sin or avoid um, kids doing bad things, it's no, when they do bad things or when they have, um, you know, their sin comes out and they, they misbehave or they hit their brother or, you know, they, they get frustrated or, you know, they display selfishness or pride, you know, just all of these things. It's like, no, now we are in an environment where we can train and, and lead them toward Christ in the midst of that. Um, I, I really like the analogy of like in the garden of Eden, serpent still showed up like Mm -hmm. like there's no place that's good (laughs) yeah there's (laughs) no place where a snake is not going to show up you know a snake being like a metaphor for like sin or you know little snippets of evil Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's not like we're viewing this as this is the safe place and that's the bad place out there it's like no this is a place of training yeah so that when all the nastiness of our sinful hearts comes forth even in a homeschooling setting, in a mm-hmm. church setting, what what have you, mm-hmm. um, we actually can be deeply involved in helping the kids grow through that. Right. Um, I don't know. I think that's just kind of a paradigm shift. And I think yeah. if a lot of people talk about, because I, and I guess I'm also speaking from, I went to a church school. So I wasn't homeschooled, but I was close to homeschooled, where my church had a school. And I think a lot of the language we talk about is like protecting mm-hmm. our kids from what's out in the scary world. and. I don't know, I'm I'm just getting to a point where I don't think that's the right way of talking about it mm-hmm. because there were plenty of <laughs> yeah, plenty of issues in the church Absolutely. school too, you know. Absolutely. And so Yeah, I never um, thought of yeah. it
1: in that sense really that I'm trying to protect my kids. Yeah, from... that's not
0: really the motivation. Yeah,
1: I I was thinking of this kind of as an analogy, like when you were sharing those things. It's kind of like, I mean, we are in a spiritual battle. Sure. And when we have children, they're born in this world. I mean, we have the enemy who is wanting to steal, kill, and destroy yeah and he's a roaring lion yep. you know roaring around. Um, so we obviously as parents, hopefully, will have had years of experience in the Christian life in the truth. and I mean honestly, that's why our calling as parents should be to be in the scripture continually so that we can teach our children and mm. train them in that. yeah but it's like I mean we're out we're in battle and i don't want to send my kids out to battle alone like if there was a war if, if bombs started going off right now as a parent your first instinct is where are my children yeah you know you want them with you or where's my family and my children you sure. want them with you and you want to protect them and we are in a spiritual battle and that's i think that's something to remember that it's not what we see you know it's the the realm the spiritual realm but we and what we've learned in walking through this life, we need to pour that into our children and training them. So we don't just send our kids out, you know, as these little warriors without any training. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't send a boy off to battle yeah. with no training whatsoever. Right. But if they're by their father who is a trained and skilled warrior, sure. He's going to number one, he's gonna look up to his father and want to be like him. And he's going to be trained more and more in skill and how to use that, which is, I mean, we know the truth and the breastplate of righteousness. and the, I mean, you know, all that
0: even. those yeah, the armor those are, of God.
1: Yeah, the armor of God. Those are things that, which is truth, really, that the dad is then and the mom are able to pour into their children so that they're equipping them and training them to go out to battle. And just in my heart and mind, it's like my 5-year-old, my, my 6, my, my 11-year-old, isn't quite ready for that. Everybody, every kid is different though. And everybody's different. Right. And, um, but just thinking of that, that I felt like, again, it it wasn't fear of the world, but it was like, my children need to be equipped Mm -hmm. for the battle. Yeah. And it's not the people, but it's the enemy. Yeah. That, and all the temptations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Cause another, I've, I've had conversations with other Christians who went to public school or, or currently have their kids in the public school, and one thing they talk about is, well, I have my kids in the public school because they are being evangelistic in the midst of their schooling. Um, they're being salt and light, and they're having an influence, and we're not trying to hide our kids from the world. We want them to be Christians in the world. Mm-hmm. And in principle, that makes sense, and that's very biblical because like we've been saying here is like, it's not scriptural to have this idea of we're like, we're running away from the scary world out there. We're supposed to be involved and supposed to be engaged, showing the love of Christ and, and sharing the truth of Christ and all of that. Mm -hmm. But there's a nuance when we start talking about children. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, someone's like, well, yeah, I want my second grader to be salt and light in the second grade classroom. And I'm like, yeah, that's, I agree. But would you send your second grader to Mexico as a missionary?
1: (laughs) That's good.
0: (laughs) And then they're like, well, no, they're not ready for that. And I'm like, okay, so right. Like if my second grader grows up to be a 22 year old and wants to go to Mexico to be a missionary, that makes more sense because they can Mm -hmm. stand on their own two feet and they can deal with the cultural pushback and just the difficulty of what that would entail. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's different when we're talking about children versus adults. Right. Even though in principle, yes, we are training our kids to be salt and light and to, to confront darkness and to have conversations with Mm -hmm. people. Like, of course that's a principle of it, but there's a, there's the aspect of training that has to be considered. And if your kids are spending seven, eight hours a day in a place that is contrary to what you want them to, it's like, you want them to be taught by the thing that they're supposed to be evangelizing to. Yeah. And it's like that doesn't make any sense. If you're gonna train them and then send them to go evangelize somewhere or be salt and light, that makes sense. But Mm -hmm. it's like, no, go into this thing. I want you to be trained by them, but also understand that they're wrong and you need it makes no sense. Yeah. And so That's um... like me
1: cleaning people's teeth, like two days into school. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want me cleaning your teeth if I've never even touched one of those instruments.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like what? Yeah, you need some training before you start you're not ready. Doing that. Yeah. Which okay, so then this is interesting. So then, not to completely contradict ourselves here, you currently have children in the public school. Yeah. So then now we have to make sense of this. Yes. Um,
1: I had to make sense of it. Yeah, and this <laughs>
0: this is something that um, we talked about when we when we had coffee, like I don't know, a month ago or whatever. Um, it's if I remember correctly, you talked a little bit about how your views on. Being in the public, having kids in the public school, have shifted from maybe earlier in the homeschool days for your family. Can you talk a little bit about maybe what your views were, what they are now, and how they've kind of not not maybe not changed completely, but mm-hmm. shifted a little bit?
1: Yeah. Can I share the backstory as to how we even got there? Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, I was of the mindset that homeschooling is the only way, hmm. and for Christians, for Christians, okay. Or, at or least just maybe for me, everyone? I, no, no, no. Okay, no, okay. Just okay. for Christians. Or at least, I don't know, for me anyway, but, or even people in our church. And I remember thinking when parents sent their they homeschooled to a certain point, when they sent their kids to school, like in the high school to do sports, mm. I would always think, man, they're compromising mm. just for sports <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And it, yeah, we're going to, that's just wild because so then when my second daughter, she absolutely loved sports there weren't she did get to play on a basketball homeschool team that my husband got to coach and that was a wonderful time cool. great opportunity with those girls and but she loved volleyball we yeah. love volleyball as a family and they didn't have anything for volleyball we did my husband and I did teach classes and we had a lot of kids but there wasn't good competition okay and she just always dreamed of just wanting to be on a team yeah and so she would and this this daughter she is the sweetest thing I mean, we just she it's hard to say no to her because she's like she said the other night i only ask reasonable things that's why you always give me what i want <laughs> which is kind of legitimate um, sounds like she, a
0: lawyer in the yeah, making almost. well <laughs> she's
1: just very down to earth she's very sweet she's very thoughtful of other people so it is hard to say no to her fair enough she's very reasonable and so she would beg us and she would write persuasive essays which she learned how to do in homeschool <laughs> about
0: <laughs> there you go why
1: we should let her um Go to public school so she could play volleyball.
0: Got it. Okay. And we
1: really prayed about it. And there were a few years while she was asking for this that my husband and I were teaching in a homeschool setting, co-op, which we can get into that later. And within that part of the contract was that our kids would be involved in that and not be public schooled or whatever, just to show that our commitment was there. And so we felt like that was the Lord just saying, no, that was a closed door. I did contact the public school just to see if she could somehow attend two classes, because they do allow that here in the high school, to be able to play on the volleyball. But the days that they usually had volleyball games on were the days that we had our co-op, and it wasn't going to work because she couldn't miss that day in the school. And so we just took that as... This isn't the right thing. Yeah. So that was her freshman sophomore year. When her junior year was coming around, this co-op that she had been involved in just kind of dissolved. Her class dissolved, mm. and the way it is made is to be with a group to have conversations and things. And when that dissolved, we felt like, okay, I feel like this is the Lord saying this is the time, and we trusted her. She was very founded. She had a profession of faith. She was solid. And so we weren't concerned with her going into the school okay. so much. Yeah. And so we just felt like this is the right thing. So I started looking in the classes. I thought, okay, we can put her in two classes and she could play volleyball. Well, then it's like, well, she could do this class too. And she could do this class too. Hmm. And by the end, we ended up having her in all classes except math. And just because math, because it's always different. And she was kind of in between grades on that. Okay. So we put her in and um, through this, God is teaching me, never say never. <laughs> ever yeah, <laughs> and that so many lessons he's shown me on that so we put our daughter in public school because of sports which in I her junior to, year with in her junior year okay which I never thought <laughs> I would do I'd used to judge people for yeah um so yeah God convicted me on that one but when she started school she she loved it and she made some really precious friends and I got to know like even the counselors just incredible people so sweet. And I thought it would be kind of rough transitioning, mm. even her classes and stuff. And it was our our at our high school, the counselors were just incredible. It mm. was so easy. It was so smooth. And they were so kind and so open. Mm. Cool. That that was a big thing. And then I learned there's teachers like you. Yeah. <laughs> there's teachers in the school that yeah. are they're not all, you know, extreme yeah. as, um the world teaching and stuff like that. Yeah. And when she was starting to meet these friends that have the same values and parents that um, I don't know, some may be Christians, some may be not, but the Lord was using that open doors for us to even get involved in lives. Mm. And not long before this, there had been several sermons or just different things. It's like the Lord was kind of leading me anyway, that I can get in this bubble that I'm only in and it's this, you know, Christian clean bubble or whatever. Sure. But you don't really have much opportunity to, to reach out to the world. Hmm. And that it's a you know, it's okay to get involved in groups here and there or whatever so that you can be the light and the salt. Yeah. And um it I really saw once we started the school how the Lord did that because there have been some really good conversations with parents and things like that that are friends of my daughter or whatever that the Lord just really opened that door there. And so I've just seen how he's even used it in our lives mm-hmm. as parents and I'm really thankful for that. Now my husband's driving a public school bus and I just started substitute teaching today. Oh, you did? So, yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> I know. It's kind of wild. But um, so uh, getting back to our original, we were talking about, oh, putting her in the school. Oh, yeah. yeah. And one other thing that just really has been precious is those friends have been in our home and we have had, of course my daughter loves hosting events, any any kind of if it's Pancake Day, she wants to have all her friends over to have pancakes. <laughs> I mean, just anything to celebrate. Cool. But our house has been packed out with kids. Hmm. And just even in that, my prayer has been, like when the kids were little, I just want our home to be a home that is warm, Christ centered, that people can come to and just like and Pil- Pilgrim's Progress, there's a quote said, this place was built by the Lord of the hill for the relief and the security of pilgrims. Hmm. And not just that for Christians, but even for the lost to come in and yeah. just to see Christ. Yeah, I just want it to be a Christ-centered home that He radiates from. Yeah, And so I don't know. I mean, nobody's... Well, actually, one has made a profession of faith <laughs> since, but not necessarily from us or anything, but okay. just praying that the Lord would use this time and these lives yeah. for truth. Yeah. And who knows, that seeds would be sown that maybe years down the road. And it, even for me, I mean, it's like, oh, I need to pray for them and them and them. Yeah. You know, and their families. Right. And so that just really changed my whole perspective on a lot of things. And so, do you want me to go on with my other kids and how they ended well, up? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that, yeah,
0: I mean, you definitely can, but it's just reminding me of a few things. Um, my wife is, I think she just finished this audiobook. She's on to other books, so she probably did. Um, there's a book by Rosaria Butterfield called. The gospel comes with a house key. Oh. And it's a whole book on hospitality. Yeah,
1: that's gotta be good. And
0: yeah, and well, it's funny because she would just be like listening to it in the morning in the bathroom and I'd just kinda walk through and I and I'd catch like five minutes of this audiobook and I'm like, whoa, this is really good. And I feel convicted and we need to be welcoming people wow. into our home. Yeah. Um and it's just like it is so part of the Christian life that we are welcoming and we should have people in our homes Mm -hmm. and we should not be closed off, you know, and checking people at the door of like, are you a Christian? Or if you're not, you can't come in. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, that's totally ridiculous. And we should be some of the most welcoming Mm -hmm. and generous and loving and just supportive people in our communities. And so then for me to hear that your daughter, what and being in the public school then created avenues to then welcome people even into your home, yeah. um, let alone you guys just being at volleyball games, um, like is completely in line mm-hmm. with living life God's way. Mm. And so it's just really cool to hear that, yeah, um, of like making the most of, of those opportunities and making the most of that, that, that like season of life that your daughter was in. Yeah. Because um, I mean, you don't do that forever. You know she graduates high school i mean i and, hope so honestly. yeah Wow, well, yeah <laughs> i exactly. mean she's still
1: they're still they still come over some
0: <laughs> oh well that's even great yeah. okay yeah when they're all in town yeah that's perfect yeah. so yeah um it, it sounds like yeah we can get into your other kids um but it also sounds like part of you being comfortable with yeah. letting your daughter go to school was her level of maturity mm-hmm. the fact it sounds like you're saying that she was very grounded yeah um Level headed and obviously not perfect, right? But at a point where she could handle mm-hmm. the contrasting culture, the contrasting um, influences of all the kids around her, yeah. and be able to to handle that or navigate it, yeah, is, is what Absolutely. I'm hearing from you, yeah, yeah. So, did you just take all your kids and throw them in public school yeah, at that point? So, <laughs> that's
1: yeah, that's where it gets interesting because, okay. so, so, honestly, my oldest daughter, we never. We didn't go through this journey with her. We just homeschooled her all the way through. She had tremendous opportunities, great friends, and she even got to graduate on a cruise ship in the Bahamas. Oh, (laughs) fun. So she had a great experience. Um, That was with the co-op that we did. So I don't, honestly, with her personality, and she's pretty extreme with things, I don't know that we would have ever been comfortable putting her in okay um, was I
0: okay am I thinking of the wrong one no
1: you're thinking of the, so this, that was my oldest got it my second one is when we started putting them in she's the one we first put into public school
0: well, for volleyball yeah okay so it never it. even
1: came up with our oldest okay, because at okay. that point we were just we're homeschooling yeah. all the way through got it and she did and it was fine and I I hope you know if I ask her, I have to ask her I think she was perfectly content because she mm-hmm. really had some precious friends she had has some great memories and got to do great things um it was just Caitlin's It's okay to say their name. It's up to you. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I don't, I mean, yeah, it was just her desire, you know, her strong, her drive to just, and to play on the volleyball team. Got it. So then my son, who is three and a half years younger than my second daughter, he, uh, it, what we were doing with the co-op wasn't working with him. Hmm. He didn't love school. He's very unmotivated, even though he's intelligent. Mm -hmm. And for me... Sounds like one of my siblings, actually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I had a brother like that. Yeah. I have a brother like that. It seems like from the schooling, from the teaching that I've done, most boys are like that. It's rare to find some that are motivated.
0: Yeah. Boys are not just, again, population, generally speaking, they're not rule followers, they do not like to sit in desks in yeah. a row and mm-hmm. like follow the rules. And when you give them a project to build something, they're usually the ones that are goofing off and the girls are working on the project. And so, yes, uh, I have that happening right now this yeah. week with, <laughs> with my classes. And so, yeah. yeah, that's just, yeah, that's normal.
1: Right. And it was helpful, yeah. honestly, for me teaching, it was helpful for me to see that, that, oh, it's mm. not just my son. This is typical. Yeah. I'd rather be outside, which honestly I kind of would too. But, um, so for him, it wasn't working And we had such a good experience with my daughter in homeschool, public school. Yeah. We were like, maybe, maybe we should put them in. Hmm. But I really wrestled with this. And my husband and I talked about it. We prayed about it. And I felt like I was compromising because it was the easy way to put them in public school rather than homeschool. I see. And I honestly feel like there's probably a lot of parents out there who can relate to that, Hmm. that
0: what age was he at this point? He
1: would have been going into his sophomore year. Okay. So he started the high school level with this curriculum that we were doing that my oldest daughter did fine with Mm -hmm. my second daughter. Again, girls are just the more. My girls were just more independent. Yeah. With my son, I was having to walk with him every step of the way while I was still teaching a different class, mm. several subjects, and I didn't know what they were doing in his class. I was overwhelmed. He was overwhelmed. It was just not working. It's like, okay. we, we can't do this. Mm. And so there were other options, though. There was another co-op with a different learning. Some of his friends were there. It's like, maybe we should do that. Maybe that's not compromising because he wasn't as settled. And at the time, he didn't have a profession of faith. And he's more Gullible. Like, if he sees a chicken with its head cut off, I give him a hard time about this. He (laughs) thinks it it could survive because he saw it on Facebook or something and he saw the picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, no, son.
0: Got it. Get
1: to the facts. Get to the facts.
0: I thought this was going to be a metaphor, but no, you mean no, no. Literally, literally a chicken with no head. When he literally
1: head. saw, he was convinced like, the chicken survived for this long because they showed a picture of it. Yeah, it was okay. like an old antique picture. <laughs> I'm like, I can do that, too. I can turn this picture make it look antique. Got it. But So that kind but, of very... Sure, yes. It's like, oh, I don't know. Potentially
0: um, could be easily swayed yes, by yes. peers and stuff yes, like that. right. Yeah. Fair enough,
1: and so it that's where I was like, yeah, I don't want to be I don't want to compromise just because it's easy to put him in public school yeah, um, but there were other factors like he really could use the discipline of having to get up in the morning at certain times because mm. he wasn't motivated even than that. so I have some children who are very disciplined, very rigid like their father, (laughs) yeah, you know, very ordered and organized. My wife is like that. Yeah. And then others that are like me, where I'm just kind of like on a whim, Yeah, but I can be organized when I need to be. Right. Well, he's the extreme of me. Okay. And so I thought, you know, someday he's got to get up and go to a job. And if he has something every day, so when we do the homeschooling, it's co-op, it's just one day a week.
0: When all the kids get together from the different households. Right. Okay. Which
1: are wonderful times. They love it. Yeah. But they would often say when we were doing that, I wish we could do it every day. Hmm. And there are times I was thinking, I wish you could too. But with the public school, it would be every single day. It would be a certain schedule. Yeah. And, you know, there's some discipline that has to yeah. take place there. Right.
0: Some consistency yes. as well. And, and accountability.
1: That was the, yeah, yeah okay. accountability. So it's like, I I know for me, I mean, it is exhausting being a homeschooling mom. It's so exhausting because you're not just trying to take care of the house. You're also trying to be the disciplinarian Mm. while you're also trying to educate and take care of everything else too.
0: Mm.
1: And I know for me, I'm kind of getting off on a rabbit again, but (laughs) it's it's a thing of you feel like, well, this is the hard way. So this is the way God wants me to go because the Christian life is a hard life. Mm. So this must be the right way.
0: Yeah. And then you get, my wife also gets into this. We've had, like, if it's easy, it it must be wrong. Right. Or if I'm enjoying it too much, it must be wrong. Yes. Yeah. 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 I get that.
1: And so with that I felt like I would be compromising to put him in public school, but the more we prayed about it, it was like the Lord just made it very clear, this is the way, walk in it. <laughs> hmm. This is the right thing for him. Hmm. And um so we did, and again it was an easy transition getting him in. And honestly, just separately, he in the meantime had made a profession of faith, which was very encouraging. Yeah. Um and so we put him in and this time we put him in full time. So with Caitlin, you know, it was all the classes minus math. Yeah. The next year, we just put her in all the way. Uh-huh. And with him, we put him in all the way because he also needed to be held accountable to somebody else. He needed grades. We did do grading in homeschooling much. Okay. And with what we did, and I could do a whole thing on that too because <laughs> um, as to why it, why we didn't. Okay. Um, but he still needed something to keep him on track. And so we felt like all those were good reasons. And he has done He's just, yeah, he's so, doing really well. <laughs>
0: yeah. And so he did well in public school.
1: He, he still like would like writing papers. I think for most boys, that's very difficult.
0: Yes. And again, yes. Yeah. girls uh, are usually better English. with words and language yes. than boys are. Yes. Yeah.
1: And so I'd be holding his head at hand every step of the way. And so i was still, there were some things like that, helping him with. Okay. But I also learned that that is good parenting. Hmm. So even when they're in public school, you're still helping them. You're walking them through that. You're teaching them how to learn. Yeah. Um, but since his sophomore year he he has done really well like he's made the honor roll he did struggle with math okay but um he he like hardly studies but he still gets a's (laughs) (laughs) i I tell him all the time like you're smart you just need a little motivation yeah um but not only that he has like he he's started band and did lessons and has done well with that now he's in the student council he's part of fca he did drama this past semester past drama thing yeah and he's just like thriving cool and he still is the typical boy who if he could would spend all day playing video games Mm -hmm. which is my like (laughs) oh i i hate that (laughs) yeah because i hate sitting and wasting time and i feel like he's wasting time yeah which he is but fair enough there's there there can be you know some part in life where that's good. But it's gotten him away from that, honestly. So mm. so I feel like boys, you know, back in the day, they would work on the farms with their dads sure. and, or work out somewhere with their dads yeah. because men are made to have that energy. They're, yeah. It's made to use. But now that we're not doing this, it's like they need something to do. Mm. And I'm convinced that's why they sit and do video games because they're trying to conquer something yeah. and do something. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So unless they have a job, it's like, what do they do with themselves? Mm. And honestly, we had moved out to the country for a period of time. And that was my desire so that they could have something to do, some kind of work. some
0: Like physical work. Yeah, yeah. which
1: we didn't have a farm because my husband's not a farmer. Ideally, okay. I'd be like, let's live on a farm and they can be farmers because I know some great farmer kids.
0: There you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> they
1: learn to work. Um, but you can learn to work even not on a farm, but still I feel like now that he's doing this and he's managing the basketball team and stuff like that. Cool. He has things to keep him busy yeah. and he's having to get up and go to school even earlier than when he normally would (laughs) because he's involved in all these different clubs he's got to get to school early for. Yeah. And it's like, this is great. Even though sometimes I feel like you're not getting enough sleep, but it's still, it's still great that he has something to get up for and he'll tell you he's loving it because it's almost like you have a purpose in life which we all know, I mean, as Christians, your purpose in life is to, you know, honor and serve the Lord and obey Him. Sure. Um, but as far as when you don't have a job yet and a family and things like that, and you're just a teenager, it just gives you something. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. You
0: know? Well, and yeah, it's like, you know, you can ask, well, what is your purpose? It's yeah. like, well, you have more than one purpose at the same time, mm-hmm. like, and there, and there are earthly purposes. Yeah. And it sounds, you know, maybe to a Christian, might it's like, ooh, earthly, that's bad. But it's like, no, it's like, you know, it's like I need to have a job. And yeah. so my purpose is to teach and right. show up to work and I got to cook dinner. And mm-hmm. like, it's okay to have things that you need to get done. Yeah. and that's not unbiblical and so and in that
1: you do it to the glory of god exactly right
0: yeah and i think if we if we try to avoid things like that then we start getting into gnosticism yeah. which is this idea that like well the physical world and what i do mm-hmm. doesn't really matter it's just about my spiritual life and kind of all these abstract things and mm-hmm. it's like well that's wrong too we're actually on this planet that is a physical place and we are physical creatures that have physical things to do. And so managing the basketball team as a teenager is like a noble, maybe noble is the wrong word, but it's like, that's an honorable thing to do. That's a a virtuous thing to do, Mm -hmm. having responsibility and being involved with the community. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so at, at that level, yeah, I totally hear what you're saying in terms of like having a purpose, you know, having a task and, having accountability and responsibility that right. you have to follow through with.
1: Yeah. And you hope, and it's an, it is. It's like even though they're in public school, it's still teaching, definitely, as parents, still teaching opportunities for truth yeah. and just encouraging them. Because I know for me, when I did go through public school, especially through high school as a teenager, there were so many things I wish I had done, so many mm. things I wish I hadn't done. Mm. And now, because I did go through school as a Christian, especially through high school, I can encourage my kids in this. But it's like, okay, as you're managing the basketball team. Yeah. You know, look at this, look for opportunities just to display Christ. I mean, your whole the whole your whole demeanor should display Christ, but that is a servant position. Yeah. in serve in managing. Yeah. and just do it for the glory of God and serve Christ in that. And because the whole that's where where you are a missionary on that field, you know, yeah. in high school, because you want to represent him so that I mean, in since like we we're talking about hospitality, you're being hospitable. You want to draw people to Christ by drawing them to yourself by having that aroma That draws them, you know? For sure. So, whether you're managing or whether you're going, whether you're in drama doing your part, UPS man in a play, (laughs) or whether you're doing all these things, you want to have this aroma of Christ that would draw people to you, which ultimately is then drawing them to Christ. Yeah. So,
0: very cool. Yeah, that's great. And so, yeah, and it's funny because we, yeah, so that, so, okay, I forgot. So, your oldest went all the way through homeschool. Yeah. And then your second. (laughs) Uh, she started as, as a, a junior, junior, and then your third went as a sophomore, sophomore and now you have a freshman. Who's yes, <laughs> in public school, so right. that's kind of a funny, yeah, funny thing. But it's it it sounds so it's not like you've completely abandoned your beliefs on raising kids to have godly character, oh, no. and the critical importance that Christian parents play in raising their family and raising their kids, and Pointing them, you know, we as parents don't save our kids, but we point them Mm -hmm. to Jesus, and Mm -hmm. we we encourage them, and you know, we discipline them where necessary. But you're not necessarily walking all of that back. But I'm just hearing like there's a nuance aspect of you can do both. There are ways to do both, and that's and I and I've read some books about. Christian education and homeschooling, Uh, you know, just because you're homeschooling doesn't necessarily mean you're doing it in a godly way. Oh,
1: absolutely. You
0: can homeschool your kids and still completely abdicate your responsibility as a parent, a Mm -hmm. a Christian parent, Mm -hmm. Um, especially I think for the dad can just be like, all right, mom, you take care of it and I'm just going to check out and I don't know what's happening and I'm not even plugged in. Right. Um, You can homeschool very wrongly um, and you can public school very wrongly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so... Uh, the question of where your kid, you know, is going to school is is not the whole story, mm-hmm. um, and and I'm encouraged to hear you talk about, you know, asking questions of like, okay, well, where is my child in their walk with God? Mm-hmm. Are they well grounded? What is their personality like? Are they going to be easily influenced by peers? Mm-hmm. Are they not going to be easily influenced? What where are their affections, and what are they really valuing? And you know, where is their life pointed? Yeah. Um, which then, in order to know that about your kids, you have to be involved, right. you have to be plugged in, you have, and then you have to be praying about it and asking mm-hmm. God, God, help, give me wisdom for my kids and, and how to relate to yeah. them and how to know them and how to lead them and, mm-hmm. and guide them. Um, yeah. So even in the public school setting, your role as a parent and especially as a Christian parent is not lifted from you in any, any no. regard.
1: No, and I was thinking... You know, even in the homeschool setting, we think it's a protected environment, mm. but it's not necessarily Yeah, because we have, I mean, we did do events with other kids and we did do co-ops and you're still going to get some kids who aren't that great, you know, and your kids can <laughs> you still make some stinkers friends. as my mom yes, says. <laughs> yes. I can see your mom saying that. Yeah. Stop <laughs> yeah. being a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's, there's just everywhere you go, it's there. But also um, something I've learned is when you homeschool, a lot of times there's a lot of things on the computer that you do. Oh, yeah. And you think your kids are okay on the Mm. computer. And then you find out, oh, you're not okay. So even in that as a warning for Mm. parents, if you homeschool, you've got to know what's going on all the time. Don't assume just, well, my kids are homeschooled. And they're Christians at home, right. or are you teaching the Bible? If they're
0: on this property, then you know they're they're yeah. definitely not sinning, you know, yes it's like, yeah, w- wait what
1: <laughs> yeah, but there's dangers, it's like again, the enemy is there to steal, kill, and destroy, yeah, and he's in the home, you know anyway, like through the internet, through the computer of course. whatever he's he's especially I feel like there's an attack against Christian homes, yeah, so you just you can't say think. Well, I'm homeschooling, so everything's fine, and my kids are safe. Because yeah. it's not necessarily true. Yeah. And you can't think, well, my kids go to or those kids go to public school, so they're not safe. Because that's not necessarily true either. Yeah. In a sense, because they may be filling their time enough with things that it's with keeping them things. from. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, you know, they talk about idle, idleness is the devil's temptation or workshop. Yeah. Whatever the however that quote goes, it's true. Hmm. And i have not just known that from homeschooling or schooling, but even other situations where mm. when there's dead time, it's, it's not great. Right. And I think that's for, I mean, for everybody, but
0: yeah. And I think, it, and then just to add a whole other variable or factor to consider is like the community you're in has a big effect on the type of public school you're dealing with.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, We can't
0: talk like public school is all the same in our whole country, right. especially, you know, if I'm talking with uh, my friends in California, they're in Fresno Um, that is a completely different public school situation than here in Northeast Missouri. Right. And as a teacher, as an adult, as a pretty strong Christian, I'd like to think, um, I don't know if I could teach in that environment because it is completely different than the the public school situation we have here and that that's affected by the community we're in but then even the individual administrators that I work under yes. actually have a huge influence on mm-hmm. the culture of the school and my working environment and and all of that mm-hmm. and so yeah so even when we're talking about homeschool public school it's yeah. almost like well which homeschool and which public school Absolutely. are we comparing right Absolutely. now because yeah it's it's not It's not simplistic Mm -hmm. like that. So there's a lot to consider. Yeah. Because
1: you can have like with homeschooling co-op that we were in, Mm -hmm. there's, it's the same co-op, but it's in different communities and you may go to one community. It's like, this is awesome. You may go to another. It's like, this is, this This is is not not awesome. awesome, And I wouldn't have my kids go to this one. (laughs) Yeah. So it's anywhere. Mm. Yeah. You, that's, I think ultimately, and we've learned this with all our kids. First of all, you never say never. (laughs) And like we never thought we'd put our daughter in dance because we weren't dance people, and yeah. she's a dancer. I mean, certain dances we wouldn't do, but of course, yeah, um, yeah. still. Uh, but yep. yeah, your sister's a dancer. My sister, so, yeah, is, yeah we, And actually, m- that helped. That yes, that thing. helped influence just talking to your mom. But cool. The thing of never say never, and that's what I'm, God just shows me. You you can't be so rigid. You just need to trust me, hmm. but you need to pray with every single child. Hmm. and never make absolutes with any of the children. And yeah. my oldest, the Lord has used the oldest to stretch me out of that, just my whole rigidity of growing up, just how I was raised. But um, just pray over each and every child hmm. and what God would have, because ultimately they're His, and He's just entrusting them to us for a season. Yeah. And you know, our desire should be to look to Him and say, here I am, what would you have me to do with each child?
0: Yeah, that's really cool.
1: Cause and they all are so different, and they all have different desires, and that's why like we thought we would never have one of a dancing child because we don't like the whole frilly, girly, <laughs> sh- all about me kind of a thing. Sure. But then when our daughter is in tears after watching a ballet show, hmm. wanting to do ballet or dance or whatever, yeah, you know it's like well maybe we should pray about this. Yeah. And that's what now she's a ballerina and a tap dancer and she's really good very good and it's like I, lord i don't know what you have for this but we're just gonna trust you
0: yeah that's so cool yeah i love how my wife and i were t- have been talking about this recently it's like we're we're thinking ahead about like disciplining yeah. like being parents and disciplining and it's mm-hmm. like we think like we're the parents and we are disciplining but we are also being disciplined oh, by yeah. god through Absolutely. that and you talking just now is reminding it's just making me think of like we, you are leading your kids cause you are mom and, right. and dad is involved and you are leading your kids. But what I'm hearing from you now is like, but you as the parents are being led by God absolutely, and you are actively seeking his direction mm-hmm. and wanting to follow through with that. And, and instead of saying like, well, we're going to obey God. And that means what I've already thought <laughs> for my whole, and that's yeah. and what, what I'm saying God wants is just yeah. actually what I was raised in. It's like, no, actually being sensitive and being led as the parent to obey and to make adjustments or maybe go a different direction in certain areas. Um, Honestly, it's really cool to hear you talk about that.
1: Sorry to interrupt. I was just thinking, honestly, the fact that we have kind of, I don't know if fluid is the right word, but kind of not been so rigid and have been, have changed on some things. has made a huge impact on, especially my two oldest daughters Hmm. because Again, I was raised like very rigid, very, you know, this is the way it is. Yeah. And that really affected my oldest daughter because she's the free thinker. She's the just the oh, I don't I don't want to say wild one, but
0: <laughs> creative. Yeah. Very creative, yeah. very
1: think outside the box kind of person, and yeah. stretch my rigidity and how I was raised. Uh-huh. And for her to see, because we were so strict. When she was little, mm-hmm. and now she looks at us going, "Wow, you know that's my parents." You guys are really loosened up. Yeah. Yes, and <laughs> I think her seeing how the Lord has changed us in that in yeah. that has really impacted her. It's really affected her, hmm. and I think just seeing that we're not just trying to be religious people to look good, but we're truly wanting to follow the Lord. And I think for her to see the Lord leading us, because it's not just even how we've raised her, but other things in our life that have been big things that have happened. And just how the Lord has changed that, I think, has or redirected us, I think, that has impacted her. Not that we're leaving the faith or anything, you know. Yeah. I probably would have thought in my younger days that I, <laughs> you put your kids in public school, you're leaving the faith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, things like that. But we're still desiring to honor God right and follow him every step of the way and it's not how I thought it would look hmm. and it's not how I would looking at other people back in the day would have thought that was the right way but when you're walking in it you realize you just you just follow the lord yeah <laughs> each step of the way
0: yeah absolutely well that's awesome well we've we've already covered more than an hour of conversation oh. so i feel like we're just getting started yeah um i did
1: have one can yeah. i say one thing you yeah, had absolutely. mentioned and it's like this is so good because Whether you're public schooling or homeschooling, you were saying it's not perfect. You know, you could yeah. say this or that. And it's so true. It's like if you're homeschooling and you're even doing Bible time or whatever with the kids, hmm. but then you drop something and you just get so mad, you know, the anger there or whatever, hmm. it's like, then you're failing <laughs> hmm. at at what you're supposed to be doing. It's, yeah. it's not so much what you're teaching them. It is what you're teaching them, yeah. but it's your life and your life example. That's hmm. ultimately what's impacting your kids and teaching your kids. And even in public school, it's not... I mean, you could public school your kids and how you are at home and how you respond to your spouse and how you respond to them when you're tired or when things aren't going well or when they're not getting that paper written, Mm -hmm. or how you respond when you're driving down the road and somebody's driving slow in front of you. I mean, those are the things that are ultimately teaching your children. Yeah. Because one of the things like in our curriculum with the homeschooling was not teaching kids What to learn, but how to learn. Yeah. So they can learn. They can pick up a book. They know how to read. They can learn how to do anything. They can go to college or whatever, but it's the character. And again, that's why, you know, the whole initially not wanting to put them in public school when they were little, but the character that's there. Right. And that's something that you are giving the example and teaching them no matter how old they are. Because even as teenagers, them watching you and observing even more because they're starting to reason more in their minds, of course, that's impacting the most. Yeah. And so that's where we ultimately, I mean, I feel like it's not about what education, as far as math and science or whatever. In a sense, that does that does play a huge role. Yeah. But it's like, am I learning from God through His Word, so that in my life, I can be teaching my children? Yeah. What His Word is. Very cool. Kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I'd love to. Can, I'm gonna make some notes. I'd love to have you on again and do a whole <laughs> another episode. Yeah. Um, if you're up for it, but I think um, that's a lot of. It's a lot. We've covered a lot of good ground so far. And uh, I'm really glad that we were able to have this conversation and um, that you could share some of your experience and, and wisdom wow. uh, with us. So, you meant, I don't know, you might not count it wisdom, but I think, I well, think, I I think you've shared after, a lot of good things.
1: <laughs> I hope after this many years there's some wisdom. But <laughs> yeah,
0: hey, it's evident to me. So, praise <laughs> well, awesome. the Lord. Well, thanks for being here today. <laughs> thanks
1: for having me. It was fun.
0: Right. And for everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. We will catch you in the next one. Bye.
1: Yeah, it's like you're listening to a podcast. That's kind of (laughs) fun.
0: We're in a podcast right now.